Mayfield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Here we go, Reno's in the house. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, Willie Ramirez is the company. Ari's running the show. It's Steve Cofield. Lotus Broadcasting wants to give you rent for a year. You want to win $15,000? That could be rent or mortgage for a year. Lotus Broadcasting and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy, coming together to give you a chance to win $15,000 to help cover your rent or mortgage. Hey, you can just do what you want with it, right? If you don't need it. $15,000. It goes a long way. All you got to do is go to lvsportsnetwork.com. That's it. LVSportsNetwork.com. You got to be over 18. And uh, LVSportsNetwork.com is the place to go. Enter for your chance to win $15,000 from Lotus Broadcasting and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. I'm fascinated by fast food. I found a, uh, a TikToker who yeah. actually is like a hardcore fast food guy. So you'll see him pop on and he's like, all right, so-and-so just announced they're coming out with this sandwich. I'm going to drive 40 miles to this place. And he's in Ohio, right? Apparently, he goes all over the country, but he's in Ohio. The last couple of videos I saw, and they're like, Burger King's got this specialty, and the Jack in the Box has this, and Wendy's has a this shake, and everything. And he goes and tries them. It's very cool. Is today National Fast Food Day? It appears that it is. Okay. Celebration of fast food. Are you mad? You're a health guy. You're not a fast food guy. Does this anger you as we're all getting fatter and you're getting in better shape as you get older? No, I'm not. I don't know. I don't. There's certain places that I will go on cheat day or refeed days. Okay. You have to refeed. Sure. I got yelled at by the owner of the perfect gym. He he lambasted me last week. Yeah. Yeah, your son. He's like, Pops, you know better. You're supposed to take a day off of complete recovery. You're not supposed to go to 21 straight days in the gym or hiking and cardio every single day. And you're supposed to refeed, meaning... Go eat whatever you want. Yeah. It's not well, necessarily it seems, a like cheat you do day. it seems like you do that on Monday because uh, I don't know who it was. Haley, who, who are the other servers you love there who are super helpful? Uh, Twin Peaks server comes out the other night. I'm getting ready to leave. Willie's hosting the party and she's like, hey, uh, which plate is for who? And he's like, they're all mine. <laughs> Multiple plates come out shrimp, steak, chicken. I'm like, what is going on? But here? that was all part of the plan. Okay. That was a, that was that was a, there was a sirloin, there was a chicken, there was shrimp, there were mashed potatoes, and there was broccoli. That's all went into the My Fitness Pal app. That was all part of the plan. Now, impressive stuff. Pulling off, pulling impressive over to, stuff. pulling over to like In and Out or Canes or something like that. You know, that's that's not part of the plan. No. Now, I, you could make it part of the plan. You'd have to punch it all into the My Fitness, and then it calculates how many calories and carbs and, and it takes away. And then, so when I leave here, I'm going to the gym. Okay. And I'm going to put it in an intense leg day. First, first intense leg day in a couple I of had months. An intense leg day yesterday. I had to go up and down you those stairs Thomas and Thomas and Mac. I knew that was coming. Times. Yeah, sure. About the third time I did it, I said to John Sandler, the broadcaster, I'm like, I try to time this out so I'm not going up and down. Yeah. I'm changing batteries. I'm going up to that. I'm like, enough. Yeah. Intense workout. Yeah. Not really. Well, um, are, are the little food uh, areas at Costco and Sam's Club fast food? Yeah, I mean. They kind of are, right? Yeah. So I don't know are. if you saw this, but apparently uh, Costco and Sam's Club are in a wiener war. Mm. Wiener war. Say that a bunch of times. Wiener war. Uh, I'll give the free pop to him. Uh, apparently, Sam's Club now has a uh, dog and a drink for $1.38. And I guess there's been a little controversy lately. Uh, Costco had to bump up their food a little bit. So I've never actually had... I told you, you 
I forgot about this. I, I told you about three weeks ago. I'm out in Henderson. We're getting ready for uh, a Twin Peaks show. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go get something interesting yeah. for lunch. So I pull yeah. up to the Costco on a Monday yeah. in Henderson at noon, and it was like 84,000 cars. I'm like, everyone here is shopping. I got no chance to get in. So... I actually, I don't think I've ever had a hot dog from either one of them, but I'm intrigued by uh, Sammy's going with the dollar thirty-eight dog and a drink. We used to go. Let's go, Wiener Schnitzel. When catch we up. worked at the Review Journal prices. at the View, we used to go to Costco for lunch. Oh, we, really? But just to go in, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was really? like this chicken thing. Did you go had. to the? Uh, they got like a chicken roll or something. Yeah, the chicken yeah. roll. They don't. Which I don't even know what one. Uh, what Costco you went to? Not the not yeah. not the business one. I don't even know they had food there. The one on MLK. Yeah, well, right? it used to be a regular. Okay, we're talking like twenty five years ah, ago. Okay, boy, you're old. Yeah, memories. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not a member. Next, when, I'm not when, a member at either place, so I wouldn't know. When's the next fast food meal you're gonna have? What do you What do you do? Like once a month? Not even twice a year? <laughs> no, probably once a month. Once every six weeks. Hmm. But but you got to remember that there are certain fast food places that. I will go in and I will like, and then I have my own brand of fast food, meaning the places that are in plazas that you pop in real quick and go right. like, so like Zabas. So okay. it's, not, it's not fast a more, food. A little more upscale. A little, but, yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, in a sense, you're going in and you're creating the burrito that you want. Could you go get that at Del Taco or El Pollo Loco and scale it down or pick something to be similar? Sure. Um, but I'll do El Pollo Loco. If I don't want to go home and cook or grill and it's, you know, whatever time, or sometimes if we do a show from two to five and I don't stop and pick up Kahlua from the from the doggy resort or whatever, on my way home, there's an El Pollo Loco. I'll pull in there and just grab like an eight piece of, of the, the chicken and get a bunch of vegetables. It's good to know. So you, that's fast food. It's good to know you hobnob with the great on watch like myself. No. Number three. Speaking of the great on watch, what is going on with the Sharks? Why are they this challenging? And enough of Timo Meyer. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I thought these guys were supposed to lay down and let the uh, Knights beat the hell out of them. That's what's been happening lately. Did you know? Not that last night. They never beat them in regulation in the regular season. They did last night. Lay down. We beat you. They nope. did last night. I, I, You know, I heard heard some local guys talking, oh, it's no longer a rivalry. No, that's not a rivalry. The Sharks suck. Who was saying that? On air or? Uh, we were at the uh, we were uh, we were we were at the uh, at T-Mobile, and I was asking some of the guys just up and down. I mean, I'm not going to go through some all of the them. dopey media people. Yeah, and we were just talking like, is this? I'm well, kidding, well I don't know. Um, the guys on the morning show were talking about it. Uh, yeah. the, the press box guys they were t- they were discussing it. They weren't really debating whether it was or not. But it was like, yeah, they're not really. Well, is it? I don't know. Well, here's the bottom line. Okay, what happened on Monday night? Because the Commanders are supposed to suck. The Eagles are undefeated. Isn't that still a rivalry? It's the NFC East. Commanders beat them. It's a rivalry. The Sharks and the Golden Knights will always be a rivalry. Shut up if you don't think so. End of story. With the way that the Sharks beat the Golden Knights in the playoffs, with the rivalry with they, that they've had throughout the regular season, it's not been much. It's been a one-sided rivalry, but it's still a rivalry for the heated matchups that we've seen in the first five years and five seasons and two months of the Golden Knights existence. A rivalry is a rivalry. It's like, you know, it's like saying the te- this team that's in first place in the NFL and this team that's in last place because they're six games apart in the standings, nah, they suck. It's no longer a rivalry. BS. Rivalry is a rivalry. It used to be when we first got the Golden Knights here in Las Vegas, well, it's going to be the Kings. It's natural because of the border. It'll be the Kings, guaranteed. And it wasn't. It turned out to be the Sharks. 
it will stay the Sharks. And that Timo Meyer said it. He goes, I don't know who said it's a rivalry over there, but it's a rivalry here. We want to beat them all the time. We come in here, we want to beat them. People hate us. Yeah. And especially the Knights. They don't like Las Vegas. Oh, I thought you meant Cofield and company. That too. Yeah. Number two. I feel like a lot of the show prep I'm going to get now for the next six months is going to be uh, rando blogs and maybe Jimbo's football leaflet.com <laughs> on the NFL draft. And we're going to bandy about about 50 different guys the Raiders can take. Because, yeah, at two and seven, it already feels like draft season. I never wanted to do this. Come on, Raiders. Rip off like five in a row. Make this interesting, please. We got to do draft now? Man, I'll do it. I'll do it. Here's the great thing about the Raiders and the draft. You know, sitting with a top five pick currently, you could target quarterback, cornerback, offensive line, defensive line. There's a lot of needs. And there's a lot of commodity that they can unload to get some more draft picks. Mm, interesting. Because this is a build. It's not a rebuild. It's a bill. Are you really bothered by that? That all of a sudden you're claiming, or you're claiming that all of a sudden Josh McDaniels is saying this was going to well, take time. Well, they knew it was going to take some time. Sure. They knew it was going to take some time. Please. 10 and 7 playoff team a year ago with an over under win total of 8.5 with hopes from a lot of fans that they were going to be better than 10 and 7. I but now, now it's a know what my AP colleague Josh Dubow and my dear friend from ESPN, Paul Gutierrez, said to me a couple years ago, Willie. We've covered this team long enough. We know. Put your boots on. Just put your boots on. Yeah. These guys. From the vets. Here we go. Yeah. So uh, it's time. It is definitely time to start thinking about the 2023 draft. Yes. Do do not try to make the playoffs. Please do not try to make the playoffs with this team. I just bet the Raiders season win total adjusted at five and a half over. Please try to win. Oh, okay. I got to have something to root for. And to get angry about if they, if they don't get it. He's trying to suck me into another bet, and I'm not going to do it. I bet it. I didn't. I don't need you to to do a bet with me. It was available. Over under five and a half wins. Over right. I will say this for fans: a six and eleven season will be infuriating. Oh, because it's no man's land, and then all of a sudden you're down at like the seventh pick. What are they two and seven? And and then you miss out on the two quarterbacks. They're two. They're they're the number two pick right now. They're two and seven. Yeah, they're two and seven. Okay, at this point, as infuriated as fans are, you're right. Over these next eight games, it would piss them off if the Raiders went four and four and finished six and eleven, rather than just saying screw it because they're gonna be like. Well, great. Now we're in the middle of the draft. Well, Might as well just take and, it. And the four part, like get the four wins now and make it interesting, but don't don't limp here, you know, win there, cry limp a couple here, of weeks. Cry right. there. Well, don't no, we're here, not gonna mention snitch the there. Number one. Boy, everyone's in on this Raiders collapse and talking about working. Did you see Tim Brown tweet out the other day? Nothing works for people who don't do the work. Hmm. So kind of tagging on to what Derek Carr said about people are not doing the work. They're not willing to make the sacrifice. When Carr said that, of course, we're all like, well, which people aren't willing to make the sacrifice? We want names. Then we see a name come out, Darren Waller, in uh, a story by Vinny from over on Raider Nation Radio 920. Everyone is paying attention to this situation because, you know, car wrecks are interesting to sports talk radio. And Dan Patrick 
was on it. You can hear him on our sister station, Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. Here he is talking about the problems with calling people out and not naming names. I've had your two biggest names. I've had your quarterback and now your wide receiver. But if I'm an owner and I got my star players who are questioning the effort of the rest of the team, first of all, I'd go through the roster. I'd say to uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, let's just go through the roster alphabetically and tell me who you don't think is given a full effort here. Do you think Mark Davis has done that? Pulled aside Adams and Carr and go, names right now. Let's no. go. No. Not Mark style? No. Because I, I don't think and he, is that going over the head of yeah. the guy who should be doing it? Yeah, I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think he's going to circumvent his coaching staff, but I do think he's going to impress it upon them. Like, get to the let's this needs to be handled. Yeah, this this needs cut to, it off this week. Yeah, now I like not that tone. this week. I like that tone. Tuesday, no, 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 off day. Yeah, they don't have to be in the gym, they don't have to be do a closure, go to his house, go have a sit down. You know, that call. That you said that you have every single week, Derek. Remember week one or two? He said, no, no, no. No, we get on the phone. Josh calls. We talk two, three times a day. Yeah, well, make that call in person. Get Let's let's get it together. Urgency. Stop the nonsense in the media, right? Yes. Please. En- enough of this. Please. It's getting ugly out there. Give me uh, Dan Patrick, too. Shouldn't this be addressed in the locker room with the team? Not to us. Tell your teammates, not us. We can't do anything for you. If you do it in the locker room, those are the guys that need to hear this. Not us. Does Josh McDaniels have a handle on this team? Like, what is missing here? It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, let's get to it. Justin Watkins, ESPN Las Vegas legal insider. Justin, how you doing, buddy? All's good. How about you guys? Uh, we're good. We got a lot of crazy stories with uh, celebrity athletes and lawsuits. So let's start out with... Tom Brady and I guess a bunch of the people who were involved with this FTX, that whole thing collapsed, crypto deal. Are they going to get in trouble for being endorsed, uh, you know, endorsement pitch people? Because it sounds like a bunch of them are named in a lawsuit. Well, so it's tricky. Most of the time, I'm going to tell you that if you're trying to go after somebody that is in a commercial for a product that ends up, um, you know, having trouble with the law or being fraudulent or being harmful in some way to the public, you're not going to be able to go after the endorser, especially in today's society. People know that the people doing commercials are paid to do it. Uh, It's just a job for them and they're not actually endorsing the product. What's interesting here is that the allegation is that Brady and Giselle and others, their endorsement was part of an ownership, a stock ownership in the company, in FTX. And if that's true, the allegation is going to be that they knew or should have known that what they were selling people on, which they had a direct benefit in receiving, was fraudulent. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not they can connect all those dots is a whole other question. But I think this lawsuit is just a little bit more than the normal I'm going after this endorser uh, and they should have warned me that this product wasn't good. This is an endorser slash owner. Right. What'd you make of the whole crypto collapse in that case? I mean, it's it's a, a reoccurring theme that comes around with whatever is the, the soup du jour of the day of, hey, let's 
have this sort of banking speculative sort of thing without the banking regulations that we normally have. And if you've got one bad actor in there, then it ruins the whole thing. And that seems to be the case. I mean, I don't think it's an indictment of crypto itself. I think it's an indictment of the regulations in the currency and trading of crypto. Justin, let me ask you this real quick. The on, on regards to that, I know it's not a regulated, as you just said, but because there was trading involved, it's out there where people can trade it, buy it, sell it, make money off of it. Does it set a bad precedent if you can now have lawsuits over people losing money in terms of on a larger scale when you terms of NASDAQ and, and, the, and the New York Stock Exchange? Or is that protected and regulated enough to where this is not going to open any sort of precedent. Oh, I think the precedent's there for on the stock market that you can do this. I mean, there's shareholder lawsuits all the time that if what the company is presenting to the public is not accurate, it's not true, it's securities fraud. I mean, there, yeah, those lawsuits happen all the time and there's plenty of precedent for it. Um, you know, if we get the crypto industry into the similar regulations as the stock market and ex- and all other securities, I think we'll just be in a better place. But there are obviously remedies for people who lose money, not because the stock price varies, but because the company wasn't truthful to the public about what the company was comprised of, how it was built, what financial uh, foundation it was on and therefore artificially inflated or deflated the stock prices. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, call from anywhere in Nevada. They've got an office in Reno here in, in Las Vegas, of course. 766-1400. So when you start talking stock market, you know, a lot of us think, hey, that's just another form of gambling and sports gambling. And speaking of sports gambling, I think there's a lot more to this story that could come out if some people do some investigating. Did you see Yasiel Puig? pled guilty to lying to law enforcement officials with the feds about gambling illegally. And apparently he had bet like over the course of about four months in 2019 on like 900 different events. How much trouble is he in here? Oh no, big setup. And I think we lost him. We lost him. We'll try to get him back here in a second. We'll see if he uh, pops back on. So, Willie, me hinting at there could be a bigger story here. Yasiel Puig played baseball until 2019. Mm-hmm. You think he just started gambling illegally? By the way, he was $282,000 in the hole. You think he started gambling illegally in 2019? Is that when he began? Hmm. wonder if baseball is going to want to open up anything on this. Is that the last thing baseball needs? Because they so poorly handled the Houston Astros cheating scandal. Could we have another Pete Rose here? Well, I was just going to say. With Yasiel Puig, who, you, uh, who, ju- who what, just picked up gambling at the end of his career? Well, okay. wait, a, wait a minute. But what if what if they, I mean, they sc- you scratch the surface in terms of this report that comes out, right, about Yasiel Puig. Didn't we, well, not we, but wasn't the, the surface scratched just a bit in a book? Jose Canseco, and then all of a sudden, a huge scandal. What if something, now what are you going to do? And guess what? Now all of a sudden, you face a lot of Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famers. Or I mean, I'm just saying, okay. it's his infancy, but 
that's where we were with the steroids when it was just came out. It was minor, it was small, it was a rumor, it was this. But this is just one person. But what if it's bigger than what it is? And all of a sudden, you have to go back and look at, okay, well, how big is this with this sport? And and if it's if it's so widespread and acceptable, now what do you do with Pete Rose? The I'll address Pete in a second. Yeah. Um, the DOJ did not mention if he bet on baseball. Interesting. I wonder if that information is going to come out at some point. Are they holding it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can trust Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, to go full bore into this with an investigation, right, about the integrity of the game? No? Silence? Silence. Okay, if this were, if this turned into a big scandal and Puig was betting his entire career, no. right, and was betting on baseball and, God forbid, betting against his team, which I still believe Pete Rose did. But, Doesn't matter. Um what does it mean for Pete Rose? No. Oh. We'll address that in a couple minutes. Let's, no, no, uh, let's no. Bring I... Ju- let's bring Justin back in. We'll okay. save it for uh, after 435. Uh, Justin, you were starting to elaborate on Yasiel Puig and if he's in a bunch of trouble? Yeah. I mean, I think he's only in trouble to the extent that, you know, he was in, dealing in illegal gambling, right? right? Um, and he wasn't truthful to law enforcement on it. So he pled guilty to lying to agents. That's not you're not going to see a, a big jail time here. You know, it's the same sort of plea that we see across investigations. Um, there might be a little bit of time served, but I, I suspect he won't. It'll be probationary, uh, and and really, they're using that as a tool for for full cooperation. Right, right. He pleads guilty. They got full cooperation. They're going to try to take down the whole gambling ring. Oh, yeah. the, I hope the whole yeah. gambling ring doesn't have more baseball involvement. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, so it, allegedly his involvement was not baseball and not during his playing days, so I guess that's, that's good. Um, allegedly. But, yes. Yeah, allegedly, exactly. So we'll see how, how deep it goes. But, yeah, that, I'm sure when they first contacted him, he didn't want to cooperate. There might be other people. I'm sure he didn't find this site on his own. There's other athletes doing this kind of thing. Um, and he didn't want to cooperate. Well, now – you know, maybe he, he has to do a little cooperation to ensure he doesn't go to jail. Uh, Odell Beckham is suing Nike. What do we have here? Yeah, so Nike has in their contract with Odell Beckham and I'm sure all their type flight endorsers uh, a right of first refusal, which means that at the end of their contract, if they're offered a new contract with Adidas or Reebok or any any other apparel company, that Nike can come in and match the same financial package and they get to keep the athlete. That allegedly happened with Odell Beckham. Adidas made a offer to him. Nike matched it. Now, what Odell Beckham Jr. is alleging or his attorneys are alleging in the complaint is that they matched the money, but they didn't match the terms. And in the you know fine print of the contract were some... Uh, obligations of Odell Beckham in in regards to wearing the apparel and changing the apparel or, or not changing any of the apparel, like marking it up or what have you, that was not of any importance to anybody at Nike so long as Odell Beckham Jr. was a marketable athlete. And then at the end of last year, they cited all these violations when they withheld a payment of some $2 million and said, you violated the contract. They're Odell Beckham Jr.'s team is basically saying, uh, garbage, 
this is not really a violation that is meaningful to Nike. It never was meaningful to Nike. They're just trying to use this as a pretext to not pay contractual obligations that they have, and we should make them pay. And all these violations added up to about $20 million. Um, obviously, the contract matters. What the specific terms of the contract are matters. But conduct matters, too. And if Nike had never enforced these rules before and only enforced them on the downside of his career, I like his chances. Justin, we got less than a minute left, so not a lot of time to answer this one. I saw that a uh, local Las Vegas Starbucks is trying to unionize. Why is this a big story? I think it's a big story for the baristas because, you know, safety has become an issue for them. Um, you know, enforcing masks, enforcing vaccination rules, uh, and, you know, keeping crowds under control. Uh, now they get a little bit of a say. You know, the, the, the ownership has to bargain with the, with the team about how that looks and what safety precautions can be made. Also get to negotiate their salaries and hours and full-time work uh, as opposed to part-time work. So it's a step in the right direction if you work at Starbucks and, and didn't have a say before. Uh, last 30 seconds. If I own that location, why can't I just blow everyone out? Why can't I fire everyone? Because <laughs> you'd be violating the law. That's against labor laws in the state of Nevada. You can't do it. Uh, you gotta, you got to negotiate in good faith. doesn't mean you have to agree, but you have to try to negotiate with them in good faith. Justin, we appreciate a couple of minutes. Hope you're doing well. We'll talk to you. All right, thanks, guys. There he is, Justin Watkins. 766-1400 is the number four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Coming back, we'll get into uh, Willie's question about Pete Rose, if there was another widespread gambling situation, a scandal in baseball, what would they do with Pete Rose? It's Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on Cofield and Company in Reno and Las Vegas. Willie Ramirez is here. Halfway point of the show. We're going to talk a little Hawaii football a little later in the hour with uh, Josh Pacheco, who covers the Rainbow Warriors. Real quick, we were just mentioning Yasiel Puig getting in trouble. Was he betting when he was a player? Well, he lied to the feds about betting between July and uh, the end of his career in 2019. They didn't say he was betting on baseball. That was not revealed. What if there were another major betting scandal? What would that mean for Pete Rose? For me, it would mean nothing. Zippo. Okay. He's he's banned for life, and that's it. That's it. And you could ban Yasiel Puig for life, and if the standard's already been set, then that's the standard. And if there's more players involved, then ban them too. But it doesn't mean someone gets unbanned because now, oh, look, there's others. No, you, you you did what you did. You lied about it. And I know it's harsh, and a lot of people out there are like, hey, Pete's old. Cut him a break. You, Willie? I thought Pete should have been a long time ago, but at this point, it's it's kind of moot. Well, I mean, it'd, it'd be nice for him. He's still alive. Yeah, well. There's better news out there. The UNLV Lady Rebels are up big to half. All right. Those are big. That's um, better news for me. Not for Reno. Um, <laughs> Devontae Adams comments. What's he saying? Devontae Adams stepped to the lectern today. Said he hoped Davis would be patient. Mark Davis would be patient with the new regime and its process. Quote, 
You look at the history of this place, I don't think a playoff game has been won in over 20 years here. There's no magic coach that's going to come in and change that. And I think that Josh is doing a great job, and he does deserve that in my mind. We can all be better in certain instances, but some of the greatest coaches that this league has seen has had some tough times. And I'm sure they didn't all come out the block sprinting like Usain Bolt, starting their career off or starting with the new organization. So I think it's a good move by Davis doing that. It's good for Josh, good for the rest of the guys too. So he, in true veteran fashion, like a good leader, good captain, coming out, supporting the owner, support, doing what he's supposed to be doing in public. What he's doing behind closed doors and telling guys to get their crap together, he's doing it properly. He's been down this road. He's seen some success. And he's, he's, he's saying what, he need, what needs to be said. As far as the guys coming out of the blocks and so on and so forth, because I'm pretty sure that the Vikings are looking pretty good and the Dolphins are looking pretty good with first-year coaches, no? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, it's amazing that uh, anyone with the Raiders would talk about needing time. I just, I don't, I don't, get it. I don't get it with that roster and also with all these other, it looks silly when you've got other situations with first year guys or, you know, new coaches with organizations and they're friggin' humming along. Especially when Josh Jacobs, and I'm paraphrasing it because I don't have the tweet in front of me, but apparently in the locker room, he told somebody today, I've never played with a more talented Group. Now, obviously, he's what in his fifth year, but so it, they've all been with the Raiders. But nevertheless, most talented team he's ever been on. This is an amazing situation because none of these guys should have to deal with this. Although Adams also opened things up by talking about buy-in, so Devonte has been part of this. But I, I really feel like Derek Carr with the the crying thing where he said, you know, people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. They're not putting in full effort. Open it up now. For this to be a topic all friggin' week, while they're you know they're they're trying to get out of the doldrums here, and now I got it. Like if you're Josh Jacobs, you're like I got to answer this, and that's why I don't I don't blame Josh Jacobs for being like, love it, great talent, and you know I'm sure behind the scenes he's like whatever, but I'm gonna say whatever I need to say because I don't feel like answering these questions. You think anyone wants to answer this? Why is this public? Well, Lotus, you, you mean Devonte? Josh said, I've never no, I been Josh Jacobs yeah. saying, oh, he said, I've never been part of a group that was this talented. Right. That's what makes it so frustrating. Okay. No, he said it's frustrating. I got it. I got it. You think he wants to answer the questions, especially since he knows there's a pretty good chance he's going to be somewhere else next year. I'm I mean, frustrated. It's, it, it's hard right now, man. If guys aren't, aren't freaking checked out. It's Cofield and company. Live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, let's talk a little Hawaii football. Josh Pacheco does radio in Honolulu, ESPN Honolulu. He's part of the pregame show for the uh, football games as well. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, guys. How are you? We're good. What do you got coming up? You got a show coming up, your uh, your show in like 15 minutes? Yeah, we got our afternoon show coming up. So, so of course, uh, we're going to be talking about just exactly what you guys are talking about as well, which is Hawaii UNLV. All right. Well, let's talk Hawaii and the season so far. I want to go back for the Reno audience, and I don't think they want to be reminded of this, but you did take out Nevada. How did that game unfold? And it seems like that was kind of the beginning of the offense, like really starting to churn out good numbers. Yeah. I mean, this is really a couple of games into where Hawaii really started to try to incorporate the run and shoot concepts into their offense. I mean, 
everybody kind of knows the, the the transition with coaching. Uh, but what Hawaii was offensively in the first few games, it, it wasn't working. It was very run-heavy, but what everybody was expecting, which was the passing attack, they were expecting uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of intermediate to deep stuff. There was nothing of that. And it was really, it was previous to the Nevada game. It was, uh, it was going back to the New Mexico State game where they started kind of incorporating stuff uh, for that Hawaii offense to start to to utilize during practices, and I think as you mentioned the Nevada game, that was really the game where it started to kind of click. Now, you know, unfortunately for Nevada, and, and I know it's been a tough year for them. You know, that was kind of the right moment for Hawaii to be able to to, to do enough, um, especially late in that game, to win. And and I honestly, I wouldn't say that Hawaii's offense has necessarily been consistent since that right, point either. Right, I mean, right. it's had its, its, its fits and starts, and, and a 500-yard-plus game and a loss last week kind of makes you feel a whole bunch of different ways. But it was at least something that told you, okay, we can kind of move somewhere. We, we know where we want to go. Now it's, A, do we have the people that can get us there, which is hard when you lose over 50 from a year ago. Um, and, and B, uh, we now have a blueprint with the guys that we do have on what we can try to work with going forward, which ended up being, honestly, back to the running game and seeing the success that the running game has had more often than not uh, since that Nevada game. Who is this kid, Hines, who I guess looked like he was bound for Air Force. He's a little dude, but I mean, the last three games, he's not, he's not getting 20 carries a game, but you give him the ball, uh, you know, 10 times, it looks like he's getting like 80, 90 yards a game. Yeah, Tylen Hines is really fun to watch. Young freshman who um, he provides a really good change of pace as compared to a Diedrich Parson. And I think of a couple of games ago, I think it was, uh, I think it was Colorado State when Parson got dinged up a little bit and Hines came in and, and got a few extra touches. Parsons going to carry, you know, the, the lion's share of the work. And, and he, you know, he can get 100 yards a game. He will uh, work his way to the edges. He will power through defenders. But Hines is just so lightning quick, and they complement each other well. And that is why at times the Hawaii offense has been able to survive lackluster passing when Hines and Parsons, and particularly Hines' addition, um, can really allow the running game to flourish as it has. How did Shager get a hold on the quarterback position when this sounded like it was going to be a pretty open competition? I, I think it really came down to not really having a quarterback. Period. Okay. Um, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, I, the other options it, just it, were not just were not suitable. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an unfortunate way to put it. Uh, but when you lose Shevin Cordero because of the whole Todd Graham situation from from last year, and he goes to San Jose State. You know, Braden Shager decided he was going to stay, and you had guys like like Cooper transfer uh, transfer over from Washington State, and you have other guys kind of come in. And you know, as we've kind of learned, nobody has really shown that they can win out the job, and Shager was the closest to it. I mean, as as tough as it's been for him, he is their best passer. Um, he has some flaws that he does he does need to work through. He's got to stop staring down receivers. As we learned last week, um, he, he can tend to make some hero ball kind of decisions that end up hurting Hawaii. See the three picks that he threw, including a pick six. Um, he has the capabilities of being able to be a good passer. Uh, it's just some of the other things, uh, the decision-making that hasn't come with it. But um, 
you also remember he was brought into a, a program with an offense that was not expected to be this. It was more along the lines of, of what uh, the previous coaching staff wanted and what they wanted as compared to a, a Timmy Chang-led type of run-and-shoot um, with its different concepts and different reads. Um, you know, probably a little overwhelming for him, honestly. Talking some Hawaii football, Josh Pacheco, ESPN Honolulu, is up with Cofield and company. Tell me if I'm wrong on this one, because it was only one source that I read, but you mentioned Cordero, who, by the way, has been coached up unbelievably. I, I mean, he's, uh, he's looked great this year. Uh, I read in the offseason that when Cordero decided to transfer a home state guy, that was like, that's when the real outrage like hit a new level with Todd Graham where people are like, wait, he's leaving. That's it. Yeah. I, I think uh, you're, you're for the most part, right. Um, I mean, we'll never really know if, if that was for sure, for sure. Uh, what did it, but I'm, I'm very sure that that is what garnered the most outrage. Cause I mean, we've seen other guys, uh, players go to Oklahoma and, and go to UCLA from that same Hawaii team and, and have gone on and are doing really good things in the Pac-12 right now. Right. But they're not a quarterback. Um, and they're not one of – and none of those guys were born in Hawaii. Shevin Cordero was born in Hawaii. Uh, he was the person who could run a run-and-shoot offense on day one because that's the system he grew up in playing in high school in Hawaii. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think, you know, obviously that's prior to the current hire, but – um, his ability, and obviously um, what could have been, I think, very much was the catalyst to that. How can you lose one of your own based on, and there's a cultural thing here, someone who really was not from here and really never embraced here, uh, that being Todd Graham. Yeah. And that really did spark and ignite what was already uh, fiery outrage around that program. It was pretty bad early in the year for Hawaii football. Um, I assume there's an incredible amount of patience because it's Timmy Chang and, and people understand this is a rebuild, but especially the fact that it's him, that he is going to get time. I think it depends on who you ask. I think if you, if you ask people around the University of Hawaii, I think they would absolutely agree, and, and that would be the correct answer. That Yeah, I mean, here's someone who's getting his first head coaching opportunity, but yeah. Um, he deserves the patience and the time to be able to work through it and eventually have a team that he can call his, um, not one that he had to kind of piecemeal together as a late hire. Uh, you, know, you know how that is. There are people here that um, – I, I, we, we have a show called The Fan's Voice at the end of games, and we've already had people calling for firings. Ooh, wow. it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's, there, there are people that want to see Hawaii get back to the glory days, and – uh, you all recall June Jones's time at the University of Hawaii, and you remember that June Jones was a finalist for the head coaching job here before Timmy Chang was hired. Yep. And you probably read up on on how what looked like a June Jones hire went awry when there was a public back and forth that didn't turn out well. And I think there are still some people that are stewing over that, and um, you know thought they could have had experience over someone who doesn't have experience and and believes that we should be better than a than a two-win team. It depends who you listen to. Um, but I think most reasonable people are, are just like you, uh, that you have to give the time necessary to be able to, to A, build your system and, and build your roster. And, and, and Timmy's going to be given that for sure. So I'm going to be down there for the game this weekend. Uh, tell us about the stadium. It's small, but what's it like on game day? Is it pretty raucous? 
It's fun. Um, I I like to consider it like a kind of like a carnival atmosphere to a degree, just <laughs> okay. without all the rides and stuff. Um, you'll get there. Um, you know, you'll have think of like food trucks, but within proximity of the field, which is kind of neat. So you might be in the booth. You're going to be in the booth to our left, and uh, you might smell some of the food coming down from the field because oh, you're man. it's literally in viewable distance of you. You could walk down there in three minutes, grab something to eat, come back in five, and and you might miss a couple plays. That's it. Um, but uh, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna see people milling around all over the place. Um, you, know, you might even see kids running around, like again, close proximity to the field, throwing footballs and stuff like that. It's it's different. It seats about nine thousand. They're going to get it in a couple of years to seventeen thousand um, as they continue to build out what is really the temporary existence of of that field. But there's really there's no bad seat. There's no obstructed seat. Um, you know, it's a it's a, a, a cozy and intimate atmosphere uh, and, and good for families. And, and so far, people have kind of liked it. It's, just, it's unfortunate it's not a, a, an Aloha Stadium. But I think you'll find that, you know, for family kind of fun, uh, you'll find that, that people are just kind of having a good time. And they're enjoying it. And you'll see a lot of people just moving around and doing a bunch of different things. Speaking of Josh Pacheco, ESPN Honolulu. Uh, so I, I want to go back to the food, of course, because I'm well, so a food connoisseur. So when you you said you're going to kind of smell it. So like, are we talking like some Kahlua pork, some short ribs, the Mac, uh, you know, it's going to be some Mac salad. What, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, you're going to find different things. I mean, it's it's like local vendors. I mean, they have like the generic stuff that you'll find, you know, inside in one of the, the, the couple of concessions. But there, there's a bunch of local vendors. Everything from, I think they've had like street corn. I think they've had the Kahlua pig. They've had like uh, Thai food. They've had like meat stick stuff. They've had local plates. Oh, I mean, you name it, it's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. I think they have like close to 20 different vendors. All right. Well, I do sidelines, so I don't really have to talk football. I can pretty much do future stuff. So, <laughs> fatty may eat a lot I, I, at the I game. I don't know who I'll be looking for when I when I see you down there. Yeah, big fellow with uh, barbecue sauce all over his uh, all over his sport coat. <laughs> Josh, we appreciate it. We know you got to run, and uh, let's talk down the road because we definitely want to get into some Hawaii basketball in the future. Absolutely. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. There he is, Josh Pacheco. He's going to be coming to Vegas because uh, Hawaii is uh, taking on UNLV and. Listen, on the Timmy Chang thing, and this applies to Ken Wilson at Nevada. Like, there are fans, I'm sure, who wish that someone else was hired for both of those positions. Like Josh just said, there's folks who were titillated by the fact that June Jones could come back. But, like, how long was he going to stay around? Right. I think Timmy Chang is the guy for the job. I was highly impressed with him when I talked to him. Um, And it's the same thing. You know, we know the problems with the Wolfpack. They got ravaged by the former coach. Yep. And I'm sure they are thrilled that Jay Norvell's team is terrible at Colorado State, that it hasn't worked out, but it's going to take time. And believe me, it, it's it, it's not fully there yet here in Vegas either. These things take time, and we saw it at San Jose State, Willie, right? Brent Brennan now has that program at a, you know, a, a level where they can win six, seven, eight games. When you're starting at kind of a bare-bones level, those first couple of years can be really rough, but I'm impressed by Hawaii, at least offensively. And it seems like they found some weapons. And like I mentioned, a true freshman running back at 5'7", 170, who's averaging like nine yards a carry, uh, recently eight yards a carry on the season. That's awesome stuff. So on the food front, this is a quick trip, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I've been doing the research, so I'm glad to hear. Normally, when we go on the road, 
you'll have the evening to get a meal, right? To get some kind of dinner. You got a breakfast and then usually it's game time. Now game time is going to include some food. Not just like a hot dog at the game. And you know I love hot dogs. Yeah, I do. And I'm about to put you on restriction from talking about food after the stunt you pulled last night. Oh, having a day-old hot dog that was sitting in my bag all night? Yeah. What's the problem? I, my stomach feels fine right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through the next hour. I won't have to run anywhere. It's good. Use the word When your run. body is a temple like this, it can... I'll hold it down. It, right. it can, leftover food is not... It's not a bad thing. It churns it through. It builds temple. It builds mu- muscle mass. It builds mass. It just builds mass. It's not muscle mass. It's just building mass. 766-1400 is a number of Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Check them out.